The only constant in business is change. Welcome to Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, the show that explores business ups, downs, and possibilities. I'm Pat Lynch, and I'm a retired police supervisor, and now I teach and mentor real estate agents who are looking to stand out above the rest. My partner is Dr. Lauren Murfield. He's a former college professor who now works with business leaders, small and large, to do what they never thought possible. Together, we're Doc and the Cop, and we're here to help you think bigger, reach higher, and do what you never thought possible in order to deliver disruptive success for today's world. Let's go. So we're going to go to the expert, and uh, I've got one uh, next Tuesday. We've got a fascinating show. I don't even think I've told you about this one, Pat. A, guy, a friend of mine by the name of Austin Janikowski. Um, he is an artist and an actor. And, you know, actors, one of the last places to come back is going to be the actors. And so we're going to be talking to him. He's a comic book artist, uh, does some really wonderful stuff. And then on the ninth, going back and revisiting one of our most popular shows, Dr. Harold Chinitsky, sports psychologist. And we're going to talk there about since we're seeing, you know, Dr. Berman was on here last last week, I think, and uh, he he was talking about how the virus the vaccine is at least six months off. So the bottom line is we got to play the long game. So how do we adjust to playing the long season? And who better to go to than a sports psychologist to say, you know what? We're heading into a really long season. What do we need to do mentally to keep keep in the game? How can we keep going during this? So that's, and then uh, going out a couple of weeks, we got John Nelson coming back because, boy, here's the story. Here's this 81-year-old grandpa out hiking the Appalachian Trail in segments. Wow. Uh, talking about making a bend in life. That, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? I don't know. That's that's uh that's not my idea of fun. Uh, sitting at the hotel pool, maybe, but um, you know, <laughs> to each well, there, is, there isn't a lot of hotels on the uh, Appalachian Trail, is there? Um, no, mostly uh, backpacks. Backpack <laughs> uh, pool. There is pools, though, right? I, I think there's plenty of water areas there. Uh, probably no. Uh, uh, there's probably some lazy rivers and such, but. But I don't think there's much of anything lazy about the trail. So that'll be absolutely fascinating. We're continually adding new people to it and looking at some great things. But before we get into today, Pat, little Bertie's been telling me about another podcast that people really need to listen to. Can you tell us about that? I'll tell you what, it's really, really popping on uh, iTunes right now. And it is called Holy Crap, How'd They Do That? And it is a podcast with yours truly and Doc, uh, Doc and the Cop, talking about disruptive thinking. And, and we break down stuff from the past, stuff from now, stuff from the future, and uh, really break down what it takes to, uh, to accomplish the things that they've done and to really think disruptively. And uh, it's called Holy Crap, How'd They Do That? Find it wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you like, follow, download, share, send up smoke signals, uh, get a tattoo maybe. Uh, I don't know what else, Doc. 
Yeah, it, it's just fascinating. Um, you know, I, I know one of the most recent ones we did, we talked about what it took to get the polio vaccine. And we're not going to talk about it here, but um, talk about a long game. And it took about 20 some years to get the vaccine there. So before 1955, then took another couple of years to really uh, get rid of it in the U.S. and go on beyond that. So uh, check it out. But you know, what we have today, we have no guests today, but quite frankly, between you and I, this is a really hot topic of what we want to talk about today is that we want to make this loud and clear. This is a major disruption. This is not the V-shaped recovery that I thought it was going to be. You go back and listen to our early ones. Pat, remember when we talked about V-shaped or U-shaped, and then we heard somebody come on and say, how about a W is what shape? Boy, I don't know what it's turning out to be. I think we're getting the whole cursive alphabet. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think it's maybe the Z. Maybe it's um, the cursed alphabet. Um, it's, it's crazy. And as we look at this, I just wanted to step back and I put out a blog a week ago on workflowcoaching.com that talked about this is a major disruption. I don't want people to say, we're going to get back to normal. Pat, are we going to get back to normal? There is no such thing as normal. <laughs> and, and after the 08 and 09, I heard people say, can't wait till we get back to the previous economy. Did we ever get back to that previous economy? No, no. In fact, we surpassed it for, for a time being. Um, and and uh, the problems we're having now are not fundamental to the market. So, you know, they should rebound. We should go back. You know, the market does go up and the market does go down, uh, particularly real estate does that, right? Values go up, values go down. Uh, they're kind of cyclical. Um, nobody would have been able to predict that the coronavirus was going to be the cause of the dip. Um, but the dip was kind of coming um, just time-wise. And, um, but we will be back, but we, that's why we keep calling it, or you hear people calling it a new normal or a next normal or a current normal or whatever. Abnormal, I think, is what we're going through now. Current abnormal. Yeah, I like that phrase a lot. You know, it's 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 one of those things where um, you know we you can't go back home again. It's it's we can we can we can try to. It's kind of like seeing the sequel, right? Um, usually, the first movie's pretty good. But the second movie's kind of not not all that great. You know, you've been and, here and done it, right? Yeah, like. You know, very few movies can capture your attention. And it's the same thing with our market, with our economy. Things will come back. Things will be better again. Um, we won't, we, you know, we will get past this. We've gotten past other things. Uh, they got past the Spanish flu 100 years ago. So, uh, uh, so much that most of us hadn't heard of the word Spanish flu uh, because we weren't 100 years old and didn't know that. And, you know, and it wasn't anything we ever talked about. You know, one of the things that would be worth going back and looking at it, but one of the things that's really fascinating to me is that we can't go back, we can't go home again, we can't go back to the previous normal because we're not the same people. We're not the same people we were 
before this virus. You know, we have changed in the process. And it's not that we just changed for a little while. We've changed with all the Zoom conferences and everything. I saw one study that says 53% of workers do not want to go back to the workplace. It's like they they started understanding what it meant to work from home. How how you know how much easier it is. Doc, I heard you didn't want to go back to the workplace, and then I found out you work from home. So I don't know what well, that. Well, you know, I I haven't wanted to go back to the workplace for 20 years. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of like once once I discovered what I could do on my own, um, and that's where the idea of say I'm not hireable, and for a while I considered that an insult. Now it's a compliment because I'm not hireable. I don't want to do that, and I think there's a lot more people that say, ah. I just don't want to do that anymore. If I can make enough money on the other way, if I can do my job without having to do the commute, why do I want to do that? And so even when they bring these people back into the office, who are they? Who are they? They're different from who they were because they've had a different experience. And, uh, well, and the work and the work environment's going to be different, right? You you come back in, and now we've we've we we're still supposed to social distance, and then mask wait, wait, or no wait, mask. Wait, wait, wait a minute, you said what? Physical what, what, distance. Physical distance. Yeah, I can't let you get by with that. Yeah, we yeah, don't believe. And, you know, we 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 really hate that term social distance because uh, uh, we need to be social as much as we can do it safely, um, but we need to do physical distancing. But as we learn in the office, it, now we've got to keep this distance from each other. So part of what we were coming to the office for was this interpersonal interaction. And now we can't even look at each other um, and we can't talk to each other because we have masks on and can't understand what each other are saying from across the room. And uh, so the whole reason for going to the office, uh, again, we can, we, you and I, are, I'm in my office, you're in your office. We don't need our mask on because we're sitting here all by our lonesome. And we're, we're doing this safely. And uh, I wonder how many employees are gonna say, well, shoot, let's just do this. And if I've worked for the last three months at home and it's been productive, um, why do I have to come back? Uh, well, I, think, I think that's the challenge is, is, is employers uh, are, are, are going to have to get really good at, at being able to uh, quantify productivity um, that from their, from their people who are working at home. You know, it's one thing if you're an uh, inbound uh, phone answer. Every time the phone rings, you can judge how many times it takes for you to answer the calls and things like that. But what if, you know, what if you make outbound calls and, you know, they have to be able to track, uh, they have to do a better job of tracking your productivity and uh, how we manage. Absolutely. And, and I think employers are going to look at it in the long run, are going to look at it. We talk about, you know, this show is trends, bends, and opportunities. We're talking about the bends, but the opportunity that's in there, um, instead of an, a place renting a 10,000 square foot office or a hundred thousand square foot office building, uh, they might be able to get away with a tenth of that or less. And, and, you know, the funny thing, Pat, is a lot of people are worried about, you know, um, how are we going to manage? Or are, they, are these people going to be productive? You're sure not going to 
They're not going to be on the couch watching Netflix or doing this stuff. And it's like the problem that they're having is the people who are working from home are probably working more than they were before. Have you yeah, heard that? Again, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of tracking it because like when I used to supervise police officers, you know, I, I send them out in a car and they're out for, you know, nearly 12 hours. If they come back empty handed, well, then that, that's on me as a supervisor to figure out what they were doing all day long. And, and uh, you know, just because somebody comes to the office doesn't mean they're being productive. Right. As some of these people are, are watching Netflix and doing their nails at their desk now in the office, let alone at home. Right. And, I, and I've argued for some time is that we've got to find a way to pay for productivity and track productivity instead of time in, in the chair, butt and seat. And it's like, who cares about how much time they put in? You know, as a freelancer um, or as any other business type thing, you get paid for what you do, the results you deliver. You don't get paid for the time you're there. Well, the, it, the, and the problem is, is we, we have a bad concept um, about, first off, I believe everybody is ultimately in commission-based sales. Okay, even your Amazon driver, even though he's not involved in the ordering portion and there's not a, a true commission, his paycheck is directly related to the business. When the business is no longer there, his position will no longer be there. And so we're all related into the sales process. The problem is we pick the lowest common denominator. If you're a Florida real estate agent and you are looking to stand out above the rest, check out Momentum Real Estate at winmomentum.com. That's W-I-N momentum.com. In the police department, it was how many tickets did you bring me? How many? They came up with this uh, stat system uh, when I was working there that gave one point for an arrest, one point for a ticket, or one point for a field interview, meaning, meaning a suspicious person down a dark alley or something. It didn't take long for guys to realize that it took 10 minutes to write a ticket and get one point, or you might spend two weeks looking for some bad guy and get one point. Or you could go look for a suspicious person and end up having to, you know, maybe search him, maybe maybe uh, find find out that he has a warrant. You have to take him to jail, things like that. Or you got to get a hold of business owners. Process slows down. People played to the played to the game. They're like, okay, I just go out and write a bunch of tickets. It'll make it make me look very productive. And the administration just ate that kind of stuff up. Because it's because it, it's easy, real easy for them to look at on a piece of paper and say, wow, this guy did a lot of work. Like, no, he didn't. He just wrote a bunch of tickets. That's not a lot of work. And that didn't do much towards our overall goal of, uh, of being a part of our community. Yeah, you know, there's, there's just, we, we got it. And go back to the beginning when we talk about disruption. Disruption means wait a minute, We're no, we can't do it the way we used to do it before. 
that, that's the easy way. And we're going to create something so much better. We don't want to go back anyway. And I think, you know, I've been talking about this for five to seven years, talking about the technological disruption, you know, about AI and automation and things like this. We're talking about automated cars. We're talking about a bunch of stuff. Didn't see it coming by way of a pandemic. Uh, Bill Gates didn't let me in on that, you know, when he, when he uh, created this, you know. Uh, by the way, that's a joke for anybody that uh, has followed us. But it's like the technology is changing rapidly so that Zoom, you knew the numbers on this. How did Zoom balloon overnight? Like, like nine, 900% or 9,000% or something like that. Just, just amazing numbers. Um, and then, of course, you know, Microsoft has relaunched their version of Zoom and now Google's fixed theirs and, and Facebook has launched one or relaunched. It's hard to keep track of them all. Um, and in fact, that's the problem we have now is we have so many competing technologies. Uh, we're back to the 1980s or 90s when we had 10 different word processing document uh, systems and everybody used something different. Nothing was compatible. Uh, and that's where we're at now and every system slightly different. And, uh, and so um, th that's another business adaptation. And, and quite frankly, uh, you put and you talked about it in your, your blog post, uh, businesses are, are having to adapt. They're also struggling and some of them are just flat out failing. And some of them are totally exploding like Zoom. Some of them, some of them have said, wow, this is really good. This is just what we needed. Uh, we had Brent Krauss on talking about the yellow bing bow ties. And, and I won't say his business is exploding. That, that's misrepresenting it. But it's an opportunity where he says, you know, I've got a whole uh, business full of things that people want that not need. So he's purposely working to say, I've got to change that. Um, but we've got other other places like COVID, uh, like cleaning places, their businesses are exploding. Uh, hand sanitizer and, and a number of uh, medical products and things like that, where all of a sudden um, they can't do enough work. Um, a lot of these that have pivoted their business, they're seeing, hey, wait a minute, here's a whole other line of products for us. We may even be able to keep that going. And, they, and so it's like, there's a lot of things happening, both good and bad. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about one of, I read an article just yesterday about some of the things that are changing. One of them is carry out only restaurants. And I know we talked about this yesterday in a, in a production meeting. Um, what have you heard about Chuck E. Cheese? Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they started kind of a clandestine um, sound, something that sounded like a mom and pop pizza joint just to try to keep uh, afloat. Um, because obviously, I think they're aware that people don't come to Chuck E. Cheese for their quality pizza. <laughs> so I think they had to change their name. Instead of changing their recipe, they thought they'll change their name. And and uh, you know, Pasquale's Pizza. So if you if you've ordered a pizza from Pasquale's, um, you, you uh, should have been looking for the uh, Big Bear to deliver it for you. Uh, but but they're on the they're up against the ropes as well. They they filed for uh, bankruptcy protection. 
Um, a lot of these places, I think we, we talked about back in 08, 09 in the, in the, uh, in the big, uh, um, uh, the big economic correction, uh, market correction last time that there were some strategic foreclosures. I think you're going to see some strategic, although necessary, bankruptcies among some of these big businesses because they're going to have to go in and negotiate lease changes. Um, imagine um, in a working in a business with a very thin profit margin and then having to go three or four months with your business closed and then another six months or a year with it at 30% because you're only doing curbside service or what have you. And so, um, you know, you're having, you're going to see some of these businesses are going to be, um, you're going to, you're going to see some of these businesses go back and renegotiate their leases through the bankruptcy process. And, and we're going to talk with uh, Elliot Ross about commercial real estate uh, later this week. But uh, I, I think he's going to be telling us a lot of this stuff. There's a lot of empty spaces out there already. Our building here that we're in is probably, probably not more than 30% physically occupied, probably 20% physically occupied. But I don't know how many businesses have closed because people haven't been around for months. And, and one of the things, anybody that's listened to us, thing we want to keep in front of people, it's trends, bends, and opportunities. There's an opportunity to disrupt during this time. And we want everybody to start looking and saying, what opportunities? Quite frankly, this may be a good time if you're in business to approach your landlord and say, you know what? Um, I want to renegotiate. Right, wrong, or indifferent, this may be the opportunity for that. And we're not here to judge that. As Pat likes to say, don't judge me, don't judge me. <laughs> but it, it's all good. But it's, it's coming back and saying, where's your opportunity? I was just talking to somebody last night about the opportunity that's there. And um, discussing a couple of different things that he could do in his business that now is a really good opportunity. Or looking ahead to the next season, like when the heat in Florida drops off, in November, there's going to be opportunities for those people that are slammed right now. There's things that we can look forward to. I know you and I are looking at things and saying, how can we capitalize on things? Um, so those of you that are listening, down the road, not too far, we're going to have some free offers for you to get you tied in. And we're going to look at, look at doing some other things, not just the podcast. But it's all about opportunities. How, why is this a good opportunity? Why is this time, this disruption, a really good time to make a strategic step? Notice how much different that is than, oh, what's that phrase you cringe at every time, Pat? Snow day? The snow day, right? Snow day is like, yeah, pull the covers up over my head and I'm just going to lay in bed. Like, no, this is an opportunity. Um, you know, it's like taking advantage of it. Um, shoot, just since the shutdown, since we started this podcast and a couple weeks ago, I rearranged my office because of needing a better backdrop sitting 
not kitty corner on the desk, but sitting straight with the desk, making it easier. And as soon as the stubborn donkey can deliver the new webcam from who knows where, um, we'll have a little better picture, but it's an opportunity. It's saying, you know what? We can do this better. What a great time, especially if business is slow, to create something new. And it comes back to what I've talked about before with compassion. It is finding the pain, understanding what pain people are in. And when we look at that, we say, how can I best meet that pain? How can I do that better than anybody else out there? How can I make money doing that? That's what business is all about. How can I make money? How can I do it better, faster, cheaper, or easier? But, um, well, and, and uh, somebody put on Facebook um, that they learned that, that some vacant retail spaces are being converted to storage for local businesses um, to avoid or minimize transport costs. And uh, I've seen that, you've seen that with like, they, they converted a Sam's Club into a distribution center for Sam's Club home delivery or whatever. That's the kind of thing I think you're gonna see, obviously these buildings are gonna need to be repurposed. Um, and uh, you know, wow, what, what a lot of sense that makes. Um, and, and it's funny, I was talking with my wife last night and uh, she was saying that her aunt had, had a, a new stove and fridge delivered by Publix. And I was like, I wonder if I heard her wrong. And she got done with the store and I said, hey, I don't, I'm not trying to be critical, but did you say Publix? And she said, oh, I meant Sears. Cause I was, my, you know me, the disruptive thinker in me, I was like, doc, imagine this, Publix sells you the groceries that go in the fridge that you take out of the fridge and cook. Like what a natural pivot for them to add something like that into their repertoire. And, uh, and so I, I pitched that idea to my son who works for Publix and or uh, stepson and, uh, He's like, oh, in other words, turn into a Walmart? I'm like, no, not quite a full Walmart, but but there's there's some disruptive thinking in the grocery you know, business. Yeah, yeah, and um, I just love that idea. I mean, they they're already converting. We were just in the Publix yesterday, yesterday, day before, and looking and you know, you look at it from what it was five years ago. Look at all the path the. Uh, quick food you can pick up. You know, there's a lot of places where uh, you can just stop and pick up dinner. And um, we we're, were in uh, Target a few months ago and, and they're totally doing a remodel there. Uh, CVS is doing a remodel, expanding their telemedicine. At, I won't say telemedicine, they're, they're in a clinic and they're doing more things there. And it's like all these opportunities that telemedicine has really taken off I know between the two of us, we've done three, four different, five different telemedicine appointments. And um, quite frankly, I love it. Instead of having to drive in one case or a half an hour or better down there, go through the whole rigmarole of the mass and the temperature check and everything else. Are you kidding me? I just click on it and sit here and I'm doing my work up until the time that the doc comes on. Who doesn't love that? If you're a business leader and you want to do what you never thought possible, connect with Dr. Murfield at murfieldcoaching.com. 
That's MurfieldCoaching.com. I can almost see a time where, you know, the, the, the CAT scan machine might come to your house and, uh, you, you know, you roll out in the, in the driveway, do your CAT scan and go back inside. Um, yeah. They do similar things like that in these rural places and these uh, um, developing countries. And, you know, uh, and they're, they're going to make, with technology, they're going to, things are, things, it's being made smaller and being made cheaper. Um, not, it's made more inexpensive so they can afford it. Um, and so what used to be this MRI would be in a, would be in a tractor trailer, might come in the back of a van. You know, it, it's, uh, it might be a portable unit. It might be, and we know these things are coming. Uh, they're doing all sorts of things that are just fantastic. But the key is, Who's going to make it better, faster, cheaper, or easier? And if it's made easier, makes it easier for everybody, we might even pay more for it. Um, you were talking about in a previous show about going to pick up, uh, I don't know if it's uh, sporting goods or something like that. You didn't even have to go in the store anymore. No, never even got out of the car. And, 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 and two months ago, that wasn't, they would have laughed at you. If you said, look, can I just pay and then swing by and pick it up? They'd have, they'd have laughed at you. And one of the things that I read about the other day is ghost restaurants. You don't go into the restaurant anymore. It's delivery only, delivery or pickup. It's like all of a sudden you can have a, well, you talked about a place, go ahead and give them a plug, Leopold's. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, oh, don't pick it up straight at the dairy. So they've got a store, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's back open. Uh, but during the shutdown, they had started, uh, you know, phone in, and then he, he eventually were able to get it online ordering, and you order it and come pick it up. And somebody commented on Facebook, it's basically click it and pick it. And uh, you click, you know, instead of, see, there's the, the problem that Amazon encountered, with two day delivery, then one day delivery, now two hour delivery is sometimes it's not fast enough for us. And we're, you're thinking, wow, I just need a pack of staples. How cool would it be if I just went on the web office supply website, ordered that pack of staples and pulled up out front five minutes later and they walked out and handed it to me and I'm on my way. Well, it's like Alex Mandel from the collective in Seattle said a few weeks back, you know, what was it that he was looking for for his wife? I can't, can't remember, but he practically arrived before he did. Yeah. I forget and, what it was now. And, and you know, there's, there's and, and so that's where some good disruptive thinking is, is going to come in. Um, low, I know Lowe's, uh, when you order online at Lowe's, as opposed to it coming from a distribution center, they try to get it to come from the store closest to where you live. <laughs> to speed up the delivery process. And all they've got to do is get it packaged up real quick and get it to the, get it into a, a, a mail system of some sort, whether it's a UPS, FedEx, or, or USPS. Um, but as opposed to building out a distribution network, they already have one. It's called 5,000 retail stores or how many ever they have. And they've already got the system and the product sitting on a shelf. So they just have a person come 
pick it, throw it in an envelope and get it out the, out the door. They're putting in in, in Home Depot, um, and, and Lowe's may be doing this too, but Home Depot, I saw them, they have little lockers and you get a little combination and they put it, put the package in the locker, tell you it's ready, you come by, you don't have to make any contact with anyone. Easy peasy, quick way to pick something up without having to run into the store, wait in line, deal with everything that there is with that. And, and stores are, are, are learning to adapt to some of this stuff. Uh, and I think there's, it, it may solve, it may save some of these retail businesses. Well, and, um, and let's be honest with you. The thing, the reason why we're having a show is not just to talk about the new things, but the main thing we want to get across today is that things are changing and they're changing rapidly. And if you expect them to go back to the way they were, it ain't going to happen. Some of your favorite restaurants are going out of business, period. They're deciding not to reopen for a variety of reasons. Some of them are going to go to delivery only. Uh, that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, oh, well, this is my favorite place to go sit. Sorry, that might not be happening. There may be things that we can't, there, there will be things that we can't do. And instead of sitting here and saying, but that's not right, making a moral judgment about it, complaining about it, whining about it, or blaming, it's like, where's the opportunity here? What's going on? And if you don't do it, what are you going to have? Well, what, what opportunity are you going to have out of it? You're going to say, well, I don't think it's right. I think they should have to do the way it was when I was a kid. Or what? guess what? Some of that's gone. Now, at the same time, some of it is a perfect time to come back, like customer service. It's like, if you need to set yourself apart, what better way than to understanding your pain, understanding what they want. Um, I stopped into Target, and by the way, we don't get paid by anybody. If they want to pay us, we're going to talk about that. But uh, as the Target today, I could have gone in, I could have gone online and said, this is what I want. And I could have pulled up to the delivery and not even had to go in. And they would have, uh, they would have brought it out for me. It's one of those things where I knew I wanted a couple other items. I didn't know for sure. So that wasn't the way I wanted to do it. But there may be a time where going into stores is much less, much more restricted. That may be the way it is. Yep, that's exactly. And, and, you know, even though we can go places, I'm not ready to sit in a movie theater. Uh, I'm not, I, I'm not ready to sit on an airplane. Um, uh, I'm just not ready to do it. Uh, um, we're going to take a trip in October, and we decided we're going to. It'll be by car, and uh, we'll so take a couple cruise, extra days. We're going to cruise by car. Yep, we're going to cruise by car. Your arms going <laughs> to get tired. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I know where you're going to go, and that's going to be beautiful scenery. But I'm not sure you're going to see it from the water. <laughs> hey. It's worked for other people, it'll work for us. So, you know, so Doc, as we start to wrap things up, we've got the, if, if we go back and we talk about your blog, the solution, we've been talking about this era of disruption and, and then we also talked about some opportunities, um, but for the solution, the first thing we have to do, and I totally agree with what you wrote here is, we, are, we have to understand we're in an era of disruption. We just have to believe it, accept it, Get over it. The snow day's over. This is 
the temporary new normal. If you don't want to call it new normal, we're, some things will come back, some things will come back worse, some things will come back better, okay? Um, you know, terrorists knocked down uh, two major, big, beautiful buildings that were iconic in New York City. And in its place is not only a very nice, respectful um, memorial, but a even more massive building to show the power. It's a new normal. We can't go back. We couldn't just rebuild those two towers and pretend that that hadn't happened at all, right? That's right. So we have to believe it. We have to accept it. And then the second thing, we have to, we have to change our attitude, right, Doc? Oh, my, yes. Uh, you know, we can't, we can't have the same attitude. We've, we've got to take a different attitude into it. It's, it's not the us versus them. It's we. We are in this together. And we have to change our attitude. Instead of looking at my rights, why am I being inconvenienced? Uh, I'm gonna blame this, this COVID. I've heard people do that. You know, and I've done some of this in my life. When you're the victim, you can never be the hero of your own story. If you're the, if you're the victim, if you're, everything's wrong, you're blaming other people, you will never be the answer to your own problem. That's simple. Absolutely. And, and by doing that, we think, we think bigger. We have to test the information. You know, the, one of the things that I see out of this COVID shutdown, I had another conversation today that just leave me shaking my head and we'll talk about that another time. But it's like the critical thinking, we have to look and we say, let's look at the facts. Let's look at the details. And when we do and we look at them the right way, we're going to see opportunities. Instead, if we're hiding behind it and saying, you know, I don't think, I heard today, I don't think this virus actually exists. I think it's all fabricated. Well, first of all, who are you listening to to get that information? And what's, what options does that leave you? That's what bothers me most. What options does it leave you? Well, and, and let me and let me give them the uh, the location of the cemetery where my brother-in-law's mom is buried uh, when she died from COVID nineteen that she got at a rehab hospital because she had um, had had broken her leg and uh, couldn't care for herself, so she went to a rehab hospital for what should have been a minor recovery, and it turned into a fight for her life and she ultimately lost it so it's an insult to say that somebody is paying medical professionals to code that as a covid death yeah and now that, now the guy who dies in a a car crash or a boating accident and they co code that as a covid because they tested positive for covid shame on them they need to fix that but the but the police department's been doing that for years not just in tampa but all over the country they change crimes to non-crimes and they play the numbers game um, and uh, there's there's been lots of exposés on it there's tv shows that have been dedicated to it in movies and we it's it's so easy to manipulate these numbers um, but at the end of the day when when people are dying uh, how do you dispute that but you know you know pat as we look at it covid is something that has affected communists and democracy democracies alike 
it's covered all the way around the world. We've said it before. Who is powerful enough that they're getting people from all walks of life, all different types of philosophies, in on this same conspiracy to code all these deaths that are that different? Granted, it, we're not saying it doesn't happen once in a while or something, but to say that it's always happening to the point that it doesn't happen, let's think bigger than that. Come on, who in the world can possibly rig that system and, and keep from anybody else really talking about it? Be sure to like, follow, and share us wherever you're tuned in today. We think bigger, what do we get to do? Well, you know, when you can reach higher and you can do the impossible. But, you know, we got to do it. We got to think compassionately and we got to reach higher. But we got to think about coming alongside of each other to alleviate their pain. When we do that, when we collaborate, and this is what's fantastic today, it's an opportunity to really collaborate. That's what you and I have done with this podcast and with the other podcasts and with the other things that we're looking to do. It's like there's opportunity there, opportunity to help alleviate their pain. Some things will be free and there's some things that'll cost. It's not wrong to charge people for things that benefit them. It's, it's just not wrong to do that. And we'll be generous about it, but we're going to make money off of it. Absolutely. That's that's. That's the American dream is we're doing things and people will be glad to pay the money. It's like when we do this, when we think about this way, imagine the number of people that we know that will be glad to pay us money for these new products and services that they didn't have before. It's making their lives better, faster, cheaper, and easier. Well, and it's it's having that spirit of collaboration, not competition. Absolutely. Right? Working Absolutely. together, um, it, you know, what an opportunity to lead in turbulent times um, and, uh, you know, to help somebody. And, and this is where the compassion comes in as well. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be either or, it might be both. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the opportunities are so abundant. The worst thing you can do right now is say, and Pat, I know you've heard it. You've heard it from some of your agents. You've heard it from vendors. And they'll say, well, there's just nothing we can do right now. And I don't know about you, but that makes me pull my hair out. You can see how frustrated I've been. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's just like, come on, folks. Do you realize what there is? Do you realize the possibilities? And it's like, you know, I started writing because I didn't have enough clients to keep me busy. Well, I've got 17 books out and I got another five or six that are going to be out in a few months. And it's like, that's what happens. You say, hey, well, I can't be doing this over here. What happens if I can do this over there? How many people during this shutdown have said, well, if I'm going to be home, I might as well clean out that closet that I've been avoiding. Um, all kinds of things, wonderful opportunities. Um, you know, if I, if I can't meet people in person, if I, I know this from some companies, they're saying, 
you know, I'm going out and I'm reconnecting with all my old clients. Well, guess what? They're getting business out of it. And it's a perfect time to catch them at home. Because if they're shut down, what are they going to be doing? Reach out to them, find out what their pain is, and then say, this is where I can work to reach it, to meet that pain. It, well, and if, if you're, if they're not, uh, if, if they're working, they may be working from home where they could take that phone call a little easier too. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's like, look at the possibilities instead of the obstacles. That's what, I just get so excited about this because it's, it, it's one of the secrets of life. You know, we can sit and complain about things or we can say, what opportunity is this? What's the opportunity here? And I like to say, you know, um, our bruises become our ministers, ministries. You know, we, we get hurt in life. That's how we reach out to help other people. And like we heard from Joyelle uh, Moheran uh, last week, you know, she came through some real pain of her own and going through her grief. And now she's reaching out. She's starting a not-for-profit on, on bereavement care and looking to change policy. And we've seen that with Mothers Against Drunk Drivers and the um the ice bucket challenge and all these kind of things it's like people are in pain okay what are they going to do about it you're going to sit here and let it beat you up or are you going to find some way shape or form to do something fantastic and pat let's invite them to email us what they're doing absolutely let us let us know what you're doing to disrupt yourself to move forward in these times uh there's there's something that can be done. Um, and uh, we've already talked about thinking bigger, reaching higher to do the impossible. And we always leave you with a challenge and that's the challenge. We've, we've been talking about it all, all afternoon today. Um, I wanna put in my email address here. Uh, I think that's right. Email me at lauren at murfieldcoaching.com. Pat, you wanna put yours in? We would love to hear from you. Reach out. We're not going to spam you. We just want to reach out. We might even mention you on the air. And it's like good things are happening. We're going to come back in a few weeks in another show of our own. But it's like, Pat, I, I think it's time for a challenge. Let's do it. I'm going to make it real simple today. Think bigger. Think beyond the obstacles. Find your opportunity. Find an opportunity. Just find any type of an opportunity right now to alleviate somebody else's pain and find a way to do it in a way that they are glad you did it. So glad that they're even willing to offer you money for it. You've made them so happy. You've, they've done such a good job that they, that they say, wow, that was really fantastic. That they'll tell other people about. Find an opportunity. And I don't want to hear, oh, Doc, you don't understand. You know, you got, you, you got to understand my problems. No, no. Pat, do you want to hear their problems? Mm, I got my own. Yeah, yeah. Um, no offense, folks, but don't email us if all you want to do is tell us your problems. I do want to know the pain of my, my people, but, if it's, but I, I want you to tell me what you're working through. Now, you want us to help? Well, Pat, we can actually be hired too, couldn't we? I think I, that's, that's a possibility for sure. 
we, we do coaching. We're willing to help you, but we've kept that quiet for over 40 shows. We don't push that. We want to challenge you. Tell us, reach out, find the opportunity, and then email us. Uh, email us, tell us what you get. And together we can celebrate that. Absolutely. That, that's where it's going. When we think bigger, we're going to reach higher. We're going to do things we never thought we could. And with that, Pat, we're going to see people back here on Thursday for uh, talking about commercial real estate opportunities. Boy, I tell you, this may be the time if you're looking for an office, you're looking for a facility, you may get a really good deal on it. It's so your bargain prices, I'm sure. Elliot Ross is a fantastic guy, a private pilot. He's just a wonderful guy. He's got a lot of good things, and he knows commercial real estate. So, Pat, are we ready to sign off? I think that's it. We'll see you all Thursday. And jazz hands. Take care. You can connect with us directly at TotalCareerGrowth.com. That's TotalCareerGrowth.com.